This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Think about Lois. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 70 of Press Pass. I am Kayla Anderson with my co-host, Joshua Perry. This podcast, of course, brought to you by betonline.ag. Joshua, so I know that when I spoke with you last week on the podcast, I believe you had just started to kind of get ready to work from home. Is that correct? So you've been home kind of a week, right? It's been a week. How's it been uh, going? It's weird. It's definitely strange. Um, I'll say the, I guess the weirdest part for me is I'm I'm used to facing face-to-face contact i'm used to seeing people yeah and so the fact of the matter is like this is just a completely foreign way of doing business and especially in real estate um where i stay most busy in the off season it's a people-driven business but now we've been getting used to doing media remotely um and we do the podcast like that but like the radio thing i'm used to sitting up in the studio um i was supposed to do some stuff with Big Ten Network during spring ball, that's all been canceled. So this has been a a definite change. Yeah, it has. I mean, I think everybody is starting to shift too to working, I mean, out of their homes for the most part, because as you are experiencing up in Ohio, we are now here in Nashville been told pretty much everything is shut down except for essential things like the grocery store, the gas stations, um, pharmacies. And then of course, uh, television still goes on because we are the ones that are alerting the public to every single change that's happening. And and in my eyes, I feel like that's, that's happening every few hours. There's something that that is coming out. So it's, we actually, as a company where I work, which is news Two down in Nashville, we just started to work from home today. So We pretty much were told this weekend, get all your stuff, take it home. We have to find a way to get you guys on TV and you don't have a lot of time to do it. So I think we've been juggling all of that between the sports team. And um, so I'm working on building my set right now, but it's just a lot to process. And then to know you're still having to get content on the air uh, during this crazy time. So it is definitely a lot for all of us, but all I say is Joshua, I just take it one day at a time and that's how I look at it. Right. Yeah. That's exactly how I try to do it. And it's, uh, you know, like, I guess, you know, you, you gotta get used to doing a lot of different things. Like I'm letting my facial hair grow out and I've worn sweatpants (laughs) 
probably yeah. more times than I've worn in the last four years altogether. Right. You know, I'm, I'm getting to know my fiance on a different level right now, which is probably good. <laughs> it's probably a good thing, but yeah, um, I, think yeah, that I mean, might it's, be a good it's thing. different. Yeah. No, it's definitely good, but um, it's different, but it's all for a reason. I think it's really positive, and I know a lot of people are struggling right now um, in terms of job layoffs and in terms of, yeah. you know, the, just missing out on that social aspect or having to, uh, in a way, homeschool their children a little bit, or if you're a teacher trying to find ways to, um, you know, to make contact with your students. But uh, I think we all have to keep the big picture in mind here that, um, we're dealing with a pandemic that's dangerous and, and can affect a lot of people very quickly uh, if we don't take the proper precautions. So as much as it sucks in this present moment, uh, we have to think more future minded where once we tamp this thing out, we'll be able to do business as usual. Yep. That's the way you have to look at it, folks. Just stay inside. Uh, keep everybody safe. Keep yourself safe. Keep others safe. Um, and then we'll sit here and provide you guys with entertainment. I mean, that's what we're here to do. <laughs> if you haven't ever downloaded Press Pass, you might as well do it now because you've got plenty of time to listen to a podcast every week. And we're definitely stepping up our game when it comes to finding different ways to entertain you since there's not really much college football to talk about. Um, the draft has obviously, it, it's still going to go on, but it's going to be very different. So Joshua came up with this segment, this first one, which I thought was brilliant, by the way. So way to go on that, Joshua. Um, and he pretty much said, let's pick out whoever in college football we would want to be quarantined with, because obviously a lot of us are having to stay at home. Some of us are quarantined and cannot leave our homes. So who would you want to be quarantined with? And um, that poses a great question. That's why I'm going to make you go first. Yep. So, uh, you know, obviously desperate times call for desperate measures. So this is, <laughs> you know, similar to the question, if you had to be stuck on a deserted island with, you know, a couple people, who would they be or what items would you bring? Um, mine is you're on quarantine and you got to hang out with some college football coaches. Who are they? Um, coach number one on my list. And I think it should be number one on everybody's list if they're doing it properly is Lane Kiffin. Oh, yeah. Probably oh, baby. <laughs> the most entertaining personality in college football. Just check out the man's Twitter account. Uh, the content's amazing. He's been known to get himself into some situations in the past. Uh, and I'm willing to look beyond that because I think he would keep me very entertained uh, for the amount of time that we were on quarantine. So that's number one on my list. Number two is a Big Ten guy. Uh, very high energy. Not necessarily entertaining, but somebody who would keep me motivated and very positive okay. uh, throughout this experience. That'd be Tom Allen from Indiana. Ooh. And if you're not very familiar with him, you should check out some of his pregame speeches. Check out some of the comments and postgame that he's done. The guy is amazing. He's an excellent motivator. He's one of the most positive personalities in college football. And he's got just an insane amount of energy. He's like... He is like Kerry Combs, but the only difference is Kerry never loses his voice and Tom Allen's a little bit raspy. Oh, so he, okay. So Tom will actually lose it a little yes. bit. Yes. Yes, he will. Um, <laughs> but somebody who I feel like would keep me very energized. And then finally, uh, again, this is probably an all timer in terms of entertaining people, keep your mind turning, keep you in stitches, but Mike Leach got to go with him. Yep. Absolutely have to. I mean, that's just... 
if you want to be entertained and pass some time and go through some scenarios and hear some cool stories, that's the guy to go to. Yeah, well, and so I, I'll start off with Mike Leach then because that was my number one guy. Clearly, being a Washington State grad and following a lot of him the past few years as he's been at Washington State, I don't think I have missed one quote or random press conference that he has done because I get a lot of that from my friends back in Washington and a lot of the sports reporters back there that I follow. And every time I see a quote or a press conference where he says something crazy, I could be having the worst day and I see that and it just like brightens my day with how random he is. It's just so funny. And I think that would be great to have if you were having to be quarantined. And he's not really over the top in terms of obnoxious, really. He's just kind of there and he'll say weird things and say funny things to to make you laugh. So I definitely go with Mike Leach. Um, you were speaking of a high energy guy, and I watched a lot of um, the spring football game last year with Florida and um, Dan Mullen. And Dan Mullen, you talk about a high energy guy. He definitely wears the the Nike uh, Michael Jordan brand yes. very well. <laughs> Because he reminds me of a guy that's just jumping around. I know in this spring football game they had that he was on the sidelines with a fellow reporter from my station who now works for ESPN. And she could barely like keep him contained because he was running all over, giving high fives as the players came by. Uh, Definitely a high energy guy. So I think you'd have to have somebody who is a little bit high energy um, to, to keep you going during a time like this. And then my third one. Man, this is going to, this might surprise you, Joshua, when I say this, but I'm thinking strategically here Okay. to keep me, to, uh, to keep me like, I guess, level-headed on all levels. If I'm sitting here, I kind of think a guy like Nick Saban might be helpful because oh my gosh. he's, because he's going to sit there. I think he comes across like on television, like he needs to be the guy that like is the, the jerk and all that. But I think he'd be good to have just to like be thinking of ideas all the time of like what what can we do, you know, what kind of thing can we do to keep us like going, you know, how can we keep you guys like strong? How what you know, what kind of things can I do to motivate you in this way? And I think I'd have to have somebody like that that's gonna keep me on track too. So I, those I think are he three, would just bore me to death. He would bore you to death. See, I yes. think I'd have enough personality with the other two that I need someone to even them out. Oh no, it'd be like, it'd be like, hey Nick, uh, are, are we are we good on toilet paper? Like, do we need to get any groceries? <laughs> Listen, I already answered that question, so quit asking. I think that that you feel might... like you're sitting there with your dad. <laughs> I feel like I need that. I need some of that though, because I can be a little bit like, um, oh my I don't gosh. know. I, I feel like, cause I have to involve myself in the equation too. Right. Sure. So I'm just trying to find a way to balance this all out and three, three high energy people. Sometimes I feel like you need someone to be a little bit more, um, setting things straight, no, I but that's that. just my opinion. I get that. That's understood. I like, I like your group though. I do like your group. No, I, I think I think if if we had to go into this thing, I think we'd both be fine. Like you know, there weren't any duds on there. I think we got some some guys that would have some great entertainment, maybe a little bit of survival skills in there. I think with Leach, you know, we'd be good to go. Oh yeah. Now I'm if I would have said 
Jim Harbaugh, we would have had a problem. Yeah, we would have been milking cats that, or something over here. <laughs> that would have been an issue. You know what I was I was thinking though, if you had to pick like one player of all time who you want to be quarantined with, I thought of who that would be. And it's because this person is an all around entertainer in every which way. Um, and that would be Eddie George. Okay. I mean, I can, I can, could I you can imagine? He'd like sit there and do Broadway if you needed him to. He'd keep you in shape because he's like, I don't even know how old and looks like he's still playing yeah, dude looks like <laughs> when he was figure. 30. <laughs> so that was like my all time, all around football player. Okay. College so football player. If, if I had to pick a player that I would go in with, it would be John Simon. Or oh. Anthony Schlegel because both oh, yeah. those guys look like they could kill animals with their bare <laughs> hands just in case it came down to it. Yep, so. we all know it. We know all know what Schlegel could. Anthony Schlegel, Schlegel, right? Schlegel, Schlegel, Schlegel. I can never say his last name. We all know like he's capable of anything. The man is different. He's a different breed. I'll just put it like that. He's a different cat. Sometimes that's what you do. So there's our quarantine list. I actually think I might put out a thing when we put this out of like, who would you want to be quarantined with? I'd be curious um, to hear. Yeah. So maybe I'll put that out when we put the episode out tomorrow. All right. Well, with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you are wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports events and games to wager on or let them bring Vegas to you with online casino and blackjack. All open 24 hours a day, all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, uh, stock prices, and even the weather. Go figure, huh? All right. Visit their website and join today to receive 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. So we have a 2020-21 quarterbacks that we want to talk about. Uh, hopefully, we're going to see a college season, college football season happen. We better. Yeah, we better. I, that's a, Keep the attitude positive on that one because... I don't want to be seeing this thing go going past June. All right. Um, that's a long time. So we'll start with the obvious two guys that um, we've seen a lot of, especially this past year, Trevor Lawrence being the first Clemson quarterback and um, a guy up there in Ohio state, Justin Fields, the transfer from Georgia, two guys who uh, had a great season last year for the most part. And I think that we're all looking to this next season thinking, all right, what can they do? And um, we're assuming Trevor Lawrence is going to go in that number one spot. Yeah. Um, and he absolutely deserves to be in that number one spot as it is right now. And I think he's got probably the more complete body of work of anybody in college football, really. And I know people had some questions, and we talked about him on this show early on uh, this past college football season where he wasn't throwing the ball maybe as well as yeah. what we had seen the year before. And I think after watching the full season, we could chalk that up to coaches were putting a lot on his shoulders, asking him to do different things and explaining the playbook and saying, hey, if you make mistakes, go ahead and make them. And that's what he did. He absolutely did well. He grew from those mistakes 100%. And we saw him get to the, well, I guess we'll we'll say this, in the semifinal game, we kind of saw him um, enter his next level where 
now it wasn't just Trevor Lawrence throwing the ball like we had seen. It was Trevor Lawrence as a guy who was a tough quarterback, took some shots, a guy who could run the ball and run away from guys and really made a difference in the game that way into the national championship game where uh, for a moment there he was looking like, you know, he was going to be able to keep his team in the game. And then obviously LSU pulled away in that one. But you're absolutely right when you say um, at this juncture, he is the guy who is looking like he'll be the number one pick for next year. Um, and, and he's got all the proof to show for it. Yeah, he does. And I will be honest. I mean, he, he wasn't a guy that I, I fell in love with right away when he came on the scene. And even last year, you know, like you said, there was, there was a little bit of issue with some of the throws he was making. And um, did he need to be making some of those? I feel like some of them were forced. But at the same time, I mean, this is, some, this is a guy that has everything that, that an NFL team wants, right? I mean, he's got the height, the arm capability. I mean, overall, he's, you can see that he's continuing to grow. And I think this next year is going to be really crucial for him. I will pose you this question though, Joshua, we pretty much are assuming that he's going to be the number one pick in that draft. What does he have to do to not be the number one pick? I think he would just have to go out and and just be completely awful or, or, you know, have a, a, a game-changing injury or get in some kind of crazy trouble that he can yeah. recover from. I mean, yep. he's he is kind of – and that's not to, to knock Justin Fields at all, but I think no. when the NFL looks at these guys, um, even kind of in the changing tide of the NFL where, you know, running quarterbacks do show some value, Trevor Lawrence does enough running the ball that he's going to be able to check those boxes, but he's definitely – uh, got the build for it, you know, 6'6 quarterback, big hands, strong arm, makes all the throws, very intelligent guy, um, not an emotional player, which you want out of your quarterback. If you want an emotional guy, you want him to be, you know, excited, but, you know, not too high, not too low type of situation and a proven winner. Yeah. And that's what NFL teams are going to see. And I think that's what they're going to fall in love with. And I also think that uh, they're going to like the fact that he's had three true years as a starter, whereas Justin Fields would have the two. Um, and we've seen some one-hit wonders come out here and, um, you know, make some noise in the NFL. But I also think that having a battle-tested guy who's won over and over again uh, is going to give a little bit more security to a league who's kind of been infused with some guys who uh, maybe didn't play as much. And then they had some real big struggles year one as quarterback. Um, you feel like a guy who's played more isn't going to have those same issues. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. Well, let's touch on Justin Fields. You see a lot of him up there. In Columbus, more of a dual threat quarterback. Uh, just this past season, accounted for three hundred and three thousand seven hundred fifty-seven yards, fifty-one touchdowns. Now, he didn't throw but one interception in thirteen games, uh, the first thirteen games. But he did deal with some fumbling issues. What was up with that? What was going on with that, Joshua? That's just, I think, real casual with the football. I, I think one of the things that one of the first comments I made about him was how cool. Um, of an athlete he was just everything was very cool everything was very smooth and then there there became a certain point where it kind of became a little bit casual in terms of how he handled the football and part of it was you know he he stood in the pocket very casually where regardless of how messy the pocket was sometimes he was just standing there like he was never going to get hit yeah and sometimes it looked like he lacked awareness and I don't think that was the issue it's just you know like coach tells you to stand in there and he's a big tough guy that's exactly what he's going to do almost to a fault sometimes. And then the other thing that I think truly about it is quarterbacks aren't used to 
uh, really taking some of those shots. And as a guy who was getting really his first big playing time in college against bigger, faster players, um, you know, some of those shots hit you right where the ball is and the ball just squirts out. And we saw that a couple of times. Penn State game is a great example of that exact thing where um, he had the ball cradled and it was literally just knocked out of his hands a couple of times by guys putting their face on the ball. You got to feel like those issues will diminish uh, coming into this next year. But you also got to feel like even if they don't with Justin Fields, it doesn't matter because he's a, a great athlete, a quick strike guy, and he's going to make more uh, really awesome wow plays than kind of those plays which you wish he could have had back. So you take the good with the bad with a guy like that. Where do you think he would fit in, in system-wise in the NFL? Like what team do you see him with? It's an interesting question. Um, you know, one team that has been talking about uh, wanting to play with a mobile quarterback that seems like they're not really making a move right now is the Chargers. And yeah. they have a four-year this year. I know Anthony Lynn's got, you know, really thin icy skating on right now. I like that guy a lot. But um, if they're able to commit to him for another year after next year's draft, let him get a guy like Justin Fields in there with some of the offensive talent that they have. I think that would fit what they want to do in terms of their personality, being able to run the ball a little bit. But the reality is Justin Fields is a quarterback that I think fits in a lot of different systems because we saw him make all the throws. You've seen in interviews how smart he is. So you mm -hmm. know that he can learn offense. Um, and it's, it's just going to be a matter of getting some control and maybe a little bit more velocity on some of the throws that he made. Because one comment I did have is that uh, looked like he sailed some some throws just in terms of a velocity standpoint. But if he's able to kind of rein that in, um, maybe throw a couple more darts. We've seen him throw it to the flats on a dime. Uh, we've seen him throw it down the field to some of those guys. And then we've seen him make plays on the ground. Um, any system where they've committed to um, being able to use a quarterback who can run around, I think he fits in. What is his leadership like? It's a great question. Um the thing about Are you guy, around him enough to know that? Yeah, well, I'm not necessarily around him enough. I'm around the locker yeah. room enough to know. Um, what he did was he came in there from day one last year, and he just mm -hmm. grinded. You know, he yeah. just he had to learn. He knew he had to learn. And I think that was how he gained everybody's trust. Um, Justin is a guy who I think is very even um in temperament so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what he does well is he feels what everybody else is giving out and then he's able to kind of drive it from there you know he's yeah. not going to be necessarily the guy leading from an emotional standpoint but he's going to be able to feel that emotion and he's going to enhance what's going mm -hmm. on there and that's what you want if yeah, the quarterback's like not going to be front and center as an emotional guy you want a guy who's got a really good feel for everybody else's emotions Sure. Um, and he's proven as much. So I did list uh, a slew of other names here in terms of just other quarterbacks to look out for this upcoming season. Do you have a, a name if you would pick any other quarterback that you're going to be eyeing? Yeah, there's two guys on this list. Uh, he actually okay. listed them back to back that I think are interesting. Uh, Kellen Mond. And the reason I, I say his name is I expected a little bit more from him this past year. Honestly, I did too. I was actually all about Kellen Mond this pa this last season. I was, and you know, it's it's partially because he's an exciting player, partially because Jimbo's supposed to be a quarterback guy. Yeah. And so you would have thought that he would have been um, a little bit more polished this year, and so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing because I haven't lost faith in 
faith in him. Um, I'm not I'm not a huge Jimbo Fisher fan, but I understand he's a very, very good college football coach. Um, so I'm just waiting for that relationship to really bud into something where both of them kind of reap the benefits of that relationship. Uh, but the guy next to him, who I think is so under the radar, but was one of the best quarterbacks in college football this year. Um, and he's under the radar, honestly, because his coach is a blowhard. And that's Tanner Morgan from Minnesota. <laughs> right, right. If P.J. Fleck wasn't the guy, you know, with all the crazy sayings, yelling, yep. uh, running down the field during games. Rowing the boat. Custom, rowing the boat, wearing custom suits everywhere. <laughs> um, you feel like his quarterback would be getting a little bit more pub. Because what they, first off, what Minnesota did this year, um, they, they oh, haven't yeah. had that amount of success ever. And nope. so, you know, there's something to be said about that. But a lot of that fell on the shoulders of their quarterback going out and performing week in and week out, um, being an elite player, a great leader, a tough guy, absolutely a tough guy. Um, and so I'm really curious to see now uh, with the offensive roster changing a little bit and missing some pieces on the defense, if he can truly be a guy who who's willing to shoulder um, the enhanced amount of pressure he might receive this year. But um, those are two guys who I'm I'm very curious about. I think they're both very, very good players, but I think they also will have a lot to prove this season. So this is a guy that I almost just wish had had another year to really kind of feel comfortable and, and be a starter. And so I don't know if, if do you know uh, Kyle Trask's background yep. at all? Okay. I don't know his background, but I'm, you know. I just love the dude. Like yeah. you talk about a guy who has overcome so much at a young age and as as a football player this guy was this guy in high school like never was able to start because he was behind one of those really like badass quarterbacks you know um who he was good enough to probably start in high school but just not where he was and then he came into Florida and he like got injured in 2018 he got a foot injury and then he lost his job to Felipe Franks right and then mm-hmm. Franks got hurt and Trask had to come in this past season and be the starter and, you know, had never been a starter really. And um, here he is like, and for the most part did a really good job this past season for Florida um, and is a really great leader. I think people look to him and like, kind of like just see the inspiration that he has on the field and just the way he plays the game. I just don't know, like, how much time he has to kind of prove himself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I think, But I like him. I do too. Uh, I think the one thing that he'll benefit from is a well-known coach and a, mm-hmm. a program that is um, obviously well-known as well. Um, and I think the amount of chances that he gets in the spotlight will, will allow him to prove who he truly is as a player. Um, yeah. Whether that is an elite guy or whether that is just, you know, a good college football quarterback. Uh, we'll, we'll see exactly what goes on there. But that, that was a name that I feel like um, just about every week when you would turn on college football game day, there was something yeah. in there about him. Sure. Like he yeah, was I, that valuable to college football this past year. Yeah, and that's what you have to do. You're going to have to make yourself relevant when you're not a name like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields this next season, you have to take every opportunity to make yourself relevant. And a guy, before we we go into your questions, a guy that just, I think, had the opportunities to do it and didn't do it, and I just don't have faith in who's on this list here, is Sam Ellinger. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
It's it, I just you know it's crap on Texas every every show that we mention. I know we <laughs> we crap on I, Texas. I agree with you. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> Holy moly. But I mean, I don't know. I just feel like how how did he not take advantage of certain situations? I know it wasn't all on him. I'm not saying yeah, it no. was all on him. He doesn't have it. But I don't think he's he's got that it that we look for when we're talking about QBs, especially a guy who uh, presumably has a ton of talent, an offensive coach who is, you know, I mean, a guru when it comes to scheming up offense. And it's like, okay, this guy is as average as it gets. Yeah. I'm I'm just not feeling it out of him. Yeah, me either. I I do you probably agree with me on that. Okay, uh let's let's end the podcast with Joshua's questions and <laughs> I know that like this is a crazy time so you're probably probably people aren't thinking specifically always college football questions, but did you did you have any questions this week? No. Um and and no people questions. really I don't think are thinking college football, yeah. but yeah. I'll, I'll say this. I I I Got a couple of rumblings from Twitter that we can talk about in this section. Um, okay. I will say this. I, I was doing some errands this morning. I had to run out to the stores to get a couple things. I went into GNC. And the cat that, that runs the store, uh, big time guy out here, his name is Dan. Um, he listens to the podcast. And he was telling me oh, about cool. how great of a job he thinks both of us do. So uh, we appreciate everybody who listens. Um, definitely yeah. want your participation and your feedback however we can get it. Yeah, that's cool. So first question would be in recruiting, what's the most important position? And I think it was a very Ooh. salient question for this podcast. Um, and that came from Ohio State making a lot of noise in recruiting lately. Uh, yeah. Where yeah, they, have. they got a couple 2021 guys. We got a guy who's going to be eligible to play this year, grad transfer, Trey Sermon from Oklahoma. Oklahoma, um, yeah. And – the, the recruiting buzz has been around running backs because J.K. Dobbins is gone. Master T got hurt. The running back room is very young at Ohio State, and people are concerned with Tony Alford's ability to bring in elite guys. Um, and he's he's got three under his belt now in like the last two and a half, three weeks. So that answers those questions. But it brings up a great point. For Ohio State, it was really important to secure some running back depth and bring in some elite guys that are game changers. But overall, what's the most important position in recruiting? And I think easily it's quarterback. And I'll tell you the evidence in that is, number one, there are only a few elite guys every class for quarterbacks. So um, being able to jockey in position to be able to get those guys and then develop the one that you get is big. But number two, you look at the college football playoff the last few years, all the teams that make it to the playoff have elite quarterbacks. They got Heisman yeah. finalist type guys. They have yep. guys who are first round draft picks. And having a quarterback who can really lead is extremely important. Now, if you ask me, well, outside of quarterback, what position do you think you want? I'm stocking up on defensive line and wide receivers outside of quarterback if I'm a college football team. Okay. Um, because if you got the quarterback, you got the wideouts, pass games covered. But if you have the D line, you can get after the other guy who's trying to throw the ball on you. Yeah. Um, so to me, if I had to go top three positions, it would be quarterback number one. Uh, number two would be defensive line, specifically an edge rusher. And then number three, I would have to look at wide receivers. Um, my second question is when looking at recruits, what are the most important traits? And simply, it comes down to, Uh, Two things to me when you're evaluating high school players is number one, what kind of player were they? And what I mean by that is uh, how big 
were they? How filled out was their frame? How fast were they? And how big of a competitor were they? So it's four things in what type of player. Because college football programs take a guy like myself. Um, I competed. I played three sports a year. I was big in high school. I wasn't swole, but I, I was tall. And I had a frame that could fill out. Sure. And they bet on all that because reality of the situation, I was, I was two-time All-State in track and field in high school without competing my senior year. I was All-State once in football. But I okay. had all those other traits that they were looking for. A big guy could yeah. go into his frame. He could run and was a competitor, played three sports. The other most important thing that they look at is how do they fit the culture in our building. And right. Luke Fickle was one of the best in America at figuring that out because he would have the recruits spend as much time as possible with the guys that were currently in the room. And then he would ask us after the recruiting weekend was over, what'd you think of the guy? And he would take our advice. If we say, Hey, we loved him. Or if we say, we, we think the guy's a dud or, you know, he's this and he's that he would take our advice and make a decision based off of what we said. Wow. And so having guys that fit the culture and have the personality that you want in your room, when your personality, and your culture is going well, um, it makes all the difference. And I know in saying that, going back to some of the, the recruiting woes, um, I know Tony Alford personally, and he got a little bit of, of backlash because they only had one recruiting or uh, one running back recruit in this 2020 cycle as a three-star guy out of Cincinnati, um, you know, kind of low-hanging fruit for Ohio State in terms of his pedigree and, you know, guy from our own backyard really wasn't a national, uh, you know, big name or whatever. And a lot of people were, hey, can he really recruit Miss that in third? And I don't think people truly understood because they wanted B. John Robinson and some of these other guys that mm -hmm. Tony Alford wanted to get the right guys. And yep. he was he's a very honest guy. And he I love that guy. Behind. <laughs> uh, he's, yeah. he's one of my favorite people. Yeah. Um, and, and not to, you know, I brought up Bijan's name, not to get on him. I think that he had some folks who didn't necessarily want him to come to Ohio State. I think that he became enamored with some of the things Texas had to offer. And I could understand completely why, because that's one of the blue bloods of college football. Um, right. But in that battle, I don't think Tony Alford was willing to start kissing behind too much or to start, you know, telling a guy something that wasn't true in order to get him, where a lot of yeah. recruiters will do that. And to his detriment, he didn't get necessarily the big name in the class, but you turn around and when you're honest and you do things the right way, you end up getting two or three guys right in a run in a few weeks for your next class to bulk them exactly. up. Exactly. So it's really unique. And I think it's such an inexact science where we can sit here and we can be critical. Um, but these coaches know a lot better than us exactly who they want and how they want to build their room and what their culture is supposed to be. So really unique getting into that one. But I thought it was something that people wanted to hear. Yeah, those are two really good ones. And I think it's always curious. You're always curious as to what teams are doing in terms of the people that they're trying to get in, the positions that they're worried about. Um, and with you being a player, a former player for Ohio State, one of the, the best programs in the country, I mean, you're seeing that at, at the tip top level, right? So you're kind of, you're knowing what those positions are and knowing the, the quality of people that you get in um, and what personalities you're looking for. One more question with that in terms of personalities, when you recruit those, because you were saying that you as players can give some feedback as well. I mean, how, how much of a hole when you were there and the team that you played with, how much of a hole did you feel like you guys were, were, I guess, on the same mindset of like how you were as players? I mean, I know everybody has their 
their own personalities and thinks of different things and everything and how they do things. But I mean, did you feel like you were like a team that kind of thought on the same level? That's a great question. I know um, you kind of know the question to that just from being around us, but yeah, um, you know, we, we were a really close knit team and every team kind of has its little clicks and the position groups kind of do their thing together and offense kind of does their thing with the defense or with the offense and defense stays with the defense. But even kind of through that, we had guys who were just relatable, down to earth, um, and all purpose driven to be able to reach a common goal. Mm-hmm. And um, that type of chemistry off the field directly plays into your chemistry on the field. And yeah. I didn't realize that as much because it was always like that at Ohio State. When I got to the league, it's completely different. And sure. um, it's it's hard to get guys on the same page. And those are smaller locker rooms, mind you. Yeah. So. Uh, it was a blessing to be able to be around like-minded people and to be around coaches who were very concerned with having the right culture and the right people around. Because you go to other places, um, and it's it's not as big of an emphasis. Obviously, everybody wants to have a good culture, and they want to have strong people around the whole deal. But um, not everybody's so meticulous like Urban was. And then Ryan Day takes over, and it seems <laughs> like he's even maybe a little bit more meticulous about it. Sure. So it, it all works out. Well, good stuff today on the podcast. I I will say, you know, no matter if there's sports going on or not, you can definitely always find something to talk about when it comes to sports. I know even for me this past week, I was catching myself um, watching some 30 for 30s that ESPN was redoing. So that was kind of fun watching some of my favorites over again, because those never get old. And hopefully, you know, this podcast is something during this uncertain time in our country that you can turn to and have some fun with but at the same time we like to we like to have fun and show our personalities but I think we always want to be informational because in my opinion like if I'm listening to a podcast I want to be entertained but I also want to take something away from it and I think that um, we do a good job not to toot our own horns but kind of on here doing that because you have that experience um, as a player And so I think that's really cool to have and unique. So definitely check us out. If you have not already, you can download Press Pass on iTunes or um, whatever else is out there that you like to download your podcasts on. We just do iTunes. I think that's the easiest for everybody. And you can always just go and rate like five star super simple Um, or even like give us a review if you guys are even wanting to be even kinder. So you can follow us also on Press Pass Pod on Instagram. You can follow me at Kayla Anderson TV on Instagram and Twitter. And then Joshua, he wants your questions, people. So Joshua, where can the listeners go to find you and ask questions? They can find me at RIP underscore JEP on the old Twitter. Um, Instagram is the same <laughs> handle at RIP underscore JEP. And guys, I, I'm I'm not nearly as busy as I used to be, so my uh, mentions are wide ass open for you to ask questions, you comment, go. whatever it is. So hit your boy. Right. You can even if you have a suggestion on, hey, you guys should do a segment on this. 
like for college football has to oh, be kind of college it. football related then just yeah just tell us and we'll do it we've got time and we can talk for days so just give us a subject and we'll talk and we'll entertain so well we appreciate you guys tuning in um, for everybody out there just dealing with this in their own way just remember we're all dealing with this together as a country so just know we're going to get through this but do your part stay at home this country um, as healthy as we can right now and try to flatten the curve. Um, Hope you guys enjoy the week and see you back here same place same time next week. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America and the more you do with 5G the more building it right matters the more your network matters the more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. reported three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.